Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Give honor to my elders here tonight. I want to give honor to Brother Brom and Sister Brom. Um, so, <clears throat> so we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and go to Jonah chapter one, and we're gonna start with verse one through three. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me." But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish for the presence of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord. So for those of you that are familiar with the book of Jonah, if you had to ask yourselves, do you think that those men had any idea about what was about to happen? by allowing Jonah to go on board. If they knew a storm would come that would almost capsize the ship, if they knew that their lives would literally almost end because of the man that they just let on board, do you think that they would have accepted him so quickly? Probably not. See, I don't think that they would have accepted him so quickly, even though he paid the fare. But sometimes we allow things aboard our lives that if we truly knew the impact and the consequences of some things, that we would never, we would never have let them aboard in the first place. Yet somehow we still allow things to enter. See, Jonah paid a fare to get on board the ship. But ultimately, I say that the men on the boat are the ones that paid the real price. So the Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, Jesus Christ our Lord. We're talking about sin, speaking of Jonah's sin, which was disobedient to God. So we're going to look a little bit deeper. An article by CNN Health on how music can change the way you feel and act. I'm hoping to do a little bit more teaching. Is that all right? I know it's groggy. I know everyone's a little bit tired. Those of you that have to work, it's rough, but um, we'll get through it. Amen. So an article by CNN Health, How Music Can Change the Way You Feel and Act, reported that music can incite aggressive thoughts and feelings. During five experiments with 75 female and 70 male college students, those who heard a violent song were shown to feel more hostile than those who heard a nonviolent song from the same artist and style. Same singer, different genres. The study showed that violent songs such as rock and rap led to more aggressive thoughts in three different measures. More aggressive interpretations when looking at ambiguous words, which means when they looked at rock or stick, they thought more violently. They thought of hitting someone or throwing the rock, not just nature and beauty. Um, so rock and stick, they had an increased speed with which re people read aggressive words, um, they were just more aggressive with the way they, imp they did things. Um, and a greater proportion of people completing aggressive words when filling in blanks on forms given to them during the study. A more aggressive more words came to mind. So what this is saying is that music had a direct influence over the thoughts and the way people see things. The more violent the songs, the more violent the people began to think. And it emphasized that this was just music. It was the same artist, but it was different genre, different types of music. 
Um, so it had different effects. So we can't just allow ourselves to let all kind of music on board because you don't know how far it'll take you or the consequences thereof. If it can physically impact your behavior like this study shows, then can you imagine what the spiritual impact is? So I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, and I could give you multiple and personal accounts of how music has brought people down, but I do want to say that parents, you should be aware at all times what your young people are listening to and what your young people are watching. And so, and young people, don't be offended, you guys have heard this before, but they're at a time where they're trying to figure out where they are and who they are in God and what God's will is for them. They don't need music from the world or Hollywood trying to impact and trying to get into their minds. And furthermore, as adults, we don't need other voices. We have enough voices in this world trying to tell us which way to go and which way to look. And the same, the same goes to movies being watched, but I don't want to go down that one. Um, but things like music, movies and books and social media even, there's more videos on every platform now more than ever. You can't scroll through Facebook, and many of you who have Facebook know this, you can't scroll through Facebook without a video of some kind. And now they even have music videos. They didn't before, but all of a sudden there's music videos of different songs and different artists that are now starting to pop up on Facebook. Um, so you can't scroll through Facebook without seeing a video of some kind. But what they all have in common are these are ways that things get into the mind. The, all these things, music, books, movies, and social media, are all ways that things get into our minds. It's a lot. It's where we all get our information. It's where we retain things. It's all, everything informational comes from these things. And so... Um, all these things have in common is they're easy ways to get into the mind. So music, is, they promote a certain lifestyle. Movies saying this is how it should be. Or books taking people into a fantasy life. And now, of course, I'm not talking about all music or all books. Um, but I'm talking about the things that would promote a worldly way of living. Um, things that the Bible calls sin. See, when you spend time watching, listening, or reading, you're filling your mind with stuff, and then you walk through life full of a worldly thinking and worldly ideology. And I wanted to start here with music, movies, and etc., because that is the enemy's quickest and easiest access to your mind. It's the easiest way you'll allow the enemy to impact you is by watching something that God calls sin or watching something that's explicit or coming across a movie that you shouldn't really be watching. It's the easiest way that the devil can impact your mind and infiltrate the walls that God has set up. See, the devil has no power, but he does have influence. And it's not a coincidence that he would use the most influential tools this world has to offer as a weapon against your mind. And I don't know if many of you knew this, but uh, famous people on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook are called influencers. That's their title. It's their job. And people pursue this. I recently had a coworker whose goal was to become an influencer. And he was doing everything he could to promote what it was. And I, all he was doing was showing different types of clothing and stuff like that. And he just wanted to be like a voice that was heard. Um, and so it's not a coincidence that it's called influencers because they understand that through these tools, they're influencing young people and other people and adults as well. Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the devil would have you think, talk, and act like the world, and hell uses Hollywood, music, and movies to get there. 
Matthew 7, 15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening woods, wolves. See, sheep's clothing are that cushiony, fluffy, cute little animal. We go to Sibley Park just so we can show Roman the sheep because it's something to look at. And that's how he's saying, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. It's something to look at. It's something that doesn't seem like it would be bad, but inwardly, they're ravening wolves. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, holy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And what's crazy, if you pay attention to those, maybe they can put them back up again, starting from verse one or from verse two. If you pay attention to those lovers of their own selves, covetous, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, if you pay attention to a lot of these things, it's exactly what we find in media today. It's literally everything you see on social media or on Instagram or on Facebook. It's everything that our world is trying to put into our minds. It's the bulk of what you would find in the media and in music and in movies. And the Bible says, from such, turn away. So it's time to take all of that junk that would pollute your mind and throw it overboard. Because the consequences of having that stuff in your mind, having influence over your life, will not help you when the storm comes. Pastor used that example recently of the ox and how together they can go one direction. But you cannot be combined with the mindset of the world. And the way that happens is if you allow these things to influence you negatively, if you allow the world to put input into your mind, then you're not going the direction God wants you to go. So the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Bad times are going to come. And when they do, if your mind is full of violence from music or full of fantasy from, mu- from movies or books or just influenced by the world, it's a lot easier to blame God and look to other methods because that's what the devil wants. That's the whole point of influencing the mind because then when things happen, your mind doesn't go to God, it goes to other things. Continuing with our story on Jonah, we're going to go to Jonah 1.4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth down the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. See, the first thing that these men did, the mariners was they tried to find the solution on their own. And when the storm hit, the first thing they did was they tried to figure out what's the best way we can make it out of this. See, you will drown trying to save yourself. And they didn't know what we knew in Mark 4:37. They didn't have this like we have it. And there arose a great storm of wind. The waves beat into the ship so that it was full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. He be Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? See, only Jesus can say to the storm, peace and be still. If all you've got on board your ship is carnality, you will perish. But the more Jesus you have, when that storm comes, you've got nothing to fear. See, the more you have of the world in your heart, when that storm hits, when that storm hits, you've got nothing. But the more Jesus you have in your heart, the more reason there is to not fear. So Jesus said to the men, why are ye so fearful? And so how many here can testify that God has come through in some dark times? How many here can say that they're thankful because they serve a mighty God who's bigger than the storm? See, it's time to throw out the I can do this on my own mindset. It's time to throw that mindset overboard because too often longtime saints are timid to come to an altar for how it'll look or how, and I used to say, I used to be one of these that was timid to come to an altar purely for image. And I used to say that I'm not, I used to say I'm not allowed to have problems because I'm the youth pastor or because I've been in the church for this long. I felt like I wasn't allowed to have any type of circumstance that would bring me to an altar. But there came a time where I found out that I couldn't do this on my own. See, I felt like I wasn't allowed to be weary. However, life had it and the devil had it to where I felt weary. And so I found myself understanding I couldn't do this on my own. And if I'm going to raise my boys up in the way that they should go, I need Jesus showing me the way. And I'm not too proud to say I need Jesus. See, I can't save the ship by my own means. I can't save the ship by my own, my own means. Otherwise, that thing's going down. It's funny because at work, I've started this thing with my coworkers. Uh, what we do is we lift heavy windows. Kenny, you probably hear about it from Jay. Well, so we got these big windows, probably about this big, even bigger sometimes. And there's a way you can do it because they're thin. You can position it. You can angle it a certain way to where you really wouldn't need help. You would just like help. And I've started this thing where I'm, I'm lifting a big old window like this, or I'm trying to pick it up onto a cart, and my coworkers will be like, do you need help? And I'll snap back in a funny way. I'll snap, no, I don't need help. I never need help. And so it's become a thing, and so now they, they don't even ask me for help. You, you could ask Sonny about it. He thinks it's funny. Um, and so now they, they don't even ask me for help. Now they just come over and just pick up the other side. Um, but it started that way, but unfortunately, that's not real life for me, and I understand that because I understand that I need help, and I couldn't do this thing without Jesus, and I couldn't have made it where I am without Jesus, and many of us have that same testimony tonight. See, it's okay to need a little help because, it's, because sometimes it's too big for us to handle, but it's not too big for God. Amen? Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen says, Ah, Lord God. And I like the way it's phrased there. Ah, Lord God, exclamation point. Almost like it's a, like a breath take, like, oh, thank goodness, Lord God. Behold, thou hast made heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And then in verse 26 and 27, then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And I like this because God's repeating back what Jeremiah just said. And it's almost like he's, he's putting his stamp on it. He's confirming it. Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for you. And he's basically saying, that's right. Is there anything too hard for me? And so it's good to know that nothing is too hard for God. The problem with trying to find a way out of the storm on your own is that when you try it, 
the devil may just let up. Because now you think you can do this on your own. Now you feel like you don't need to pray because it worked itself out and that you don't need God. See, trying to figure it out on your own can be dangerous because whether or not you find a way out, just trying to do it on your own, you'll find that God is more at a distance than when the storm first hit. Because what you're doing is you're putting doubt and you're putting a distance between you and God. Because when that storm comes, the first thing you're doing is running to those ideologies of the world or the methods of the world saying, you can find out this way, or you can go to this source, or you can listen to this, um, and not going to the word of God and trusting in God. And the problem with that is the devil will just make that happen for you. So because it means if the devil lets up, it means keeping you from trusting God. The devil will help you find a way out because it'll put your heart and mind, it'll put doubt in your heart and mind that you need God. And we need to throw that kind of stuff overboard, the kind of things that would distance us from God, the kind of things I tell the young people all the time, any plan B needs to be thrown out because my plan A is Jesus. And that's it. Whatever God's will is for me or for you, that's it. We don't need to have a backup. At, at a young age, these young people have decisions to make. And I'm not, there's nothing against careers or anything like that. But it's important that it's within the will of God. And that's my statement, is that it's fine to go to a career, but sometimes passion gets in the way of God's will. It's not the right passion, is what I'm saying. Sometimes your passion as a person, something you found interesting, can step in front of what God actually had planned for you. So it's important that our eyes are on Jesus and not on the voices of the world. So we need to get over it. We need Jesus. Amen? Amen. So the men tried quickly to scramble about trying to save themselves, throwing this overboard and throwing that overboard. And they prayed to their gods and they tried everything they could. But then somebody just thought it up and they said, wait a minute, there's somebody else on board. And so verse six through eight so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and of course the lot fell upon Jonah. Then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? Whence thou comest? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? See, we need to take time in prayer and meditation to pray the prayer that David prayed in Psalms 139, where he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And then in Psalms 5110, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Because there are times in our lives where there is something on board that is causing the storm you're currently in. And the reason why some people's minds go to dark places so quick is because all the stuff they're allowing on board is pulling them that direction. The reason why people get angry so fast is because all they're filling their heart with and their mind with is music or content or listening to voices that would incite violence. See, we need to take a look at the stuff we have in our heart and throw it overboard, stuff that doesn't need to be there. In verse 8, they asked Jonah four questions. What is your occupation? Meaning, what, what is it that you do? Whence comest thou? Where did you come from? What is thy country? 
And of what people art thou, asking what is your source? That is what we need to ask the things that we allow into our lives. What does it do for you? That thing, that place, that consumption. What is it doing for you? Is it bringing you closer or further away from God? Is it bringing you into his will or out of his will? What is the ultimate thing that that, thing, that, that is doing in your life? We need to ask ourselves, where did it come from? A holy place, a righteous place, a dark place, a manipulative place. And then we need to ask ourselves, what is the source? Is it a carnal source or a tool? Is it light or is it darkness? What is its source? And it's important that we ask those questions when allowing things into our lives. You should always ask those kind of things, especially with what you allow into your homes as well. What you allow your young people to partake in, your kids to partake in. Because like I said in the beginning, if these men only knew what they were allowing on board, which was the sin of disobedience onto their ship and the consequences of doing so, they would have never allowed it. See, we need to recognize the danger in recklessly allowing things into our lives and things into our lives that we allow to stay there. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I was kind of thinking about it. It's not a profound thought, right? Jonah is, is doing the sin of disobedience, right? God told him, go to Nineveh, and he refused. So he's disobeying God. Ultimately, every sin committed is technically the sin of disobedience because you're disobeying the commandments of the Lord. So that's interesting. It's not deep, but After the men spoke to Jonah, they learned who he was, what he does, and that he's on the run from God. And now they know that he is the cause. They know that he's the reason for this situation they found themselves in. They found themselves in. But in verse 12 and 13, and he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, The men rowed hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. See, once again, they learned the source of their issue. They learned that this is the reason why we're in a storm. This is the reason why we're going through this trial. This is the reason why we're in what we're in. And still, one more time, they tried to bring the ship to ground on their own. And I want to tell someone tonight, it's time to just let that go. It's time to throw that mess overboard because it's not going to get you anywhere. Your ship is going to go down if you try and do this on your own. But we serve a graceful and a merciful God that even when we try and hold on to things, he's patient. See, Jonah was fleeing from the will of God. In this, and in this chapter, Jonah represents, like I said, disobedience, rebelliousness, and stubbornness. It's a perfect example of what it looks like to have sin in your heart. And if you allow it to stay there, it will cause you to sink. See, sin is no joke. And what you allow to stay in your heart, see, it's one thing to protect, to start now and not allow things into your heart. But it's another thing to look inward and say, this is already in there. And what you allow to stay in your heart. They're two different things. You need to throw what's already in your heart overboard and then continue to not allow the things on board. So we cannot let sin stay on board. Amen? Amen. So 
Jonah 14 through 16. This is my last verse. Um, so, wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. See, in the beginning, these men had their own gods and their own methods. But once they rid themselves of Jonah, they ended with a new relationship with God and even made vows, which I'm sure sounded a whole lot like, if you let me live, I promise to serve you for the rest of my days. But it's interesting. See, Jonah is always the main character in this story. It's always about Jonah. But I found it interesting that these men found God when they threw Jonah overboard. And that was my title tonight. It's time to throw Jonah overboard. Because there is a lot of things we allow on board our ship that represent disobedience, rebelliousness, and sin. A lot of things that we allow on board our ship that are causing the storm we're in. A lot of things we're allowing to pollute our minds and our hearts. And God's trying to say it's time to get that stuff out and throw it overboard. Because ultimately, you can grow a stronger relationship with God if you just throw it overboard. Amen? So let's all stand. I know this wasn't a super long one, but... It's a Wednesday night. I apologize. <clears throat> um, but see, they even made vows with God at the end, and that's how the connection between God and us gets stronger with a pure heart. That is why David said the prayer, created me a clean heart. And this can be the outcome if you will just say it's time to throw Jonah overboard, Jonah being the sin in our hearts and in our lives. And that I'm not going to try and do this on, on my own because we understand we can't do it on our own. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you do, Lord God. I pray that you would help us on an individual basis, Lord, to see the things. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.